Hi everyone, welcome to the Restoring Rapport Podcast. My name is Seth Hensley and this is a show dedicated to young believers pursuing the goal of healthy marriage and family. You know, we live in a world where getting married and starting a family is far too often postponed for longer than God designed and pushed to the back burner in favor of less important things. But the good news is that it doesn't have to stay this way. As young believers, we have the choice to prioritize what matters most in our lives every day and to live face to face with God and others. Every Thursday and Sunday on this show, I'll be sharing research conducting interviews and reviewing articles on the importance of marriage and family for society. I'll also be releasing exclusive content such as spoken word poetry, allegorical short stories, and bonus episodes for subscribers. Friends, God did not set us up to live life alone. The truth of the matter is that every minute of your adult life that you wait to marry is a minute of your life that you're not spending with your life partner. While some might be content to live with the consequences of this arrangement, I would argue that those who wish to spend as much of their life as possible with their mate are perfectly within reason and soundness of value to do so. It is my deepest hope that this podcast inspires Generation Z to pursue marriage, become the best spouses and parents the world has ever seen, serve with furious intentionality, love well, and discover the joy of hanging the moon for another. To access my sources, subscribe to the show, or get your copy of my latest book, visit anchor.fm slash seth hensley or check out the show notes of each episode. All right. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we are going to finish the review that we started in the last episode. If you did not catch that, be sure to go back and listen to it before starting this episode. But without further ado, let's go ahead and pick up right where we left off. Yeah, dude, I, I, I always, it, it, the, the issue that the issue of blame keeps coming up in in these in our discussion and in the videos that we watch when it comes to divorce. I've noticed we've done a lot of, Landon and I have done, you know, 207 episodes now at least we've been together for a large portion of those so we've reviewed a lot of videos and articles and and speakers on what they argue divorce what good grounds for a divorce is and who is to blame for a divorce who's to blame for a failed marriage and you know i think like um like courtney was saying it's usually not one party or the other i think there's wisdom in that that's something my uncle told me when when i was young and i had that reaction why are they getting a divorce who would do such a thing and he's usually saying well it's not usually one or the other it's probably a it's probably a collective effort a collective uh, bungling of the of the marriage so to speak um but the issue of blame keeps coming up and lane and i want to throw kind of a kind of a hypothesis at you to see what mm-hmm. you think of this i usually ask the question and this is okay I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about other people here because this is this is like a sensitive issue. So in my marriage, in my marriage, where I know there is no abuse, neglect, infidelity, stuff like that, in my marriage, should that marriage break apart, deteriorate, divorce, happen, who would be to blame for that? And my th- my hypothesis is whoever left. That's, what do you think of that? Whoever's the one that literally bailed and said, instead of solving this problem, I am going to leave because I'm choosing that solution over fixing this problem with you. What? Do, and I, again, I'm I'm I'm, volunteer, I'm I'm volunteering this hypothesis very hesitantly, very right. very hesitantly. Because, no, it's good. We can workshop this. Like yes, because uh, because uh, me and my wife have had conversations about this ourselves. She is. Uh, she had somebody that she knew that was going through a uh you know a divorce and we had a conversation yeah. and uh i'm still trying to digest my own opinion on it um same, you know, we, same. we can digest opinions scripturally uh yes. that's kind of where my you know basis has come from but yes. my thing with who's to blame 
it's hard to say this person is to blame because you are not two people anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. it would be like it would be like you starving yourself to death and then blaming your mouth for not chewing the food. It's 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 right. like you know that we are you are one body. Um, so you know yeah there you go mark 10 what god has joined no yeah. person is to separate um we went through yeah. matthew uh chapter 6 in our young adults group and talked a little bit about divorce and yeah. um one of the one, you know it's it's very cut and dry in the bible um yeah and i think that as modern humans we have to somewhat accept that it is now an option in the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Um, however, you know, there are certain caveats to, there's a difference between accepting that it is an option for some people and then celebrating that option when it's performed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we going back to your uh, hypothesis on who's to blame, um, yeah, I think that, I, I empathize with what you're saying because yes. I, I think I would also want the person to, who left to be to blame. But, mm-hmm. you know, something in me was like, well, what if they've tried to fix it and the other person right. won't and just yeah. wants to stay in it? So yes. I think that the blame game is kind of a hard thing to do yes, here it really because is. It, really is. It, it is a... It is a it seems almost impossible to know the true intentions of the mm-hmm. people in their marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one way that you can fix the questioning of intentions is to fix the way that things are separated in a marriage. Um, you know, like a no fault divorce where people don't lose anything monetarily. Um, because mm-hmm. as sad as it is, the monetary gain of a divorce is a factor that plays into people getting divorced sometimes. And, and that that's awful. And it's, you know, something that we don't want, but, but it is true that happens. People will yeah. genuinely get divorced because it is beneficial to them in the long run monetarily. Um, so I think that in order to truly see the intentions of people when they get divorced is we have to take away some of the, uh, we have to take away some of the initiative. Um, you know, people are giving, uh, you get a little extra, you get a little bump out of it. Um, and mm-hmm. then you also don't have to be with this person anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I for sure agree with that. And just for those of you who are subscribed, you can kind of work through Mark 10 with us here. I'm going to kind of read something that Jesus said about divorce. It's starting in Mark 10 one. It says, I'm reading in the in ASB. It says, sitting, setting off from there, Jesus went to the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. Crowds gathered to him again, and he was accust- as he was accustomed, he once more began to teach them. And some Pharisees came up to Jesus, testing him, and began questioning him whether or not it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. And he answered and said to them, what did Moses command you? They said, Moses permitted a man to write a birth certificate of divorce and send his wife away. But Jesus said to them, because of your hardness of heart, he wrote you this command. But from the beginning of creation, God created them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no person is to separate. And that's kind of my, that's that's what that's why I hesitantly volunteered this this hypothesis. And again, this is I am not saying this is a good worldview. I'm I'm still working out whether or not I believe mm-hmm. this this idea that whoever left is to blame. But 
the reason that I haven't thrown it out entirely uh, is is because of the words of Jesus, yes. And also if you work out a little bit of the logic here, um, it problems are not unsolvable. And people think they are, but I think very few problems in life are actually unsolvable. Now, I'm going to add the caveat that some, sometimes people are simply unwilling to be in a relationship with you. And so they will leave you. And in those situations, I would say that... I, that my heart is just that is definitely not your fault. I mean, well, I've seen people. In, in go ahead, Landon. In, in verse ten through twelve, um, yeah. he says, "And in the house, the disciples asked him again about this matter, and he said to them, Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another, she commits adultery.' So, yeah, I think that we, uh, I think that backs what you're saying. You know, who yeah. left? Who divorced who? Um, right. And, and, you know, Jesus is speaking here from a single party divorce um, standpoint. Yes. Uh, you can tell yeah, that that's one, also important. You yeah. can tell that one person is able to initiate the divorce and, and to um, move it on. And yeah. he actually also <clears throat> changing what Moses had said. He actually says that the woman can divorce the man. That wasn't a that wasn't what Moses had written. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. So Jesus actually gives permission to um, for a woman to divorce a man, but not in permission of they should do it, but permission you could do it, but you shouldn't. Yes. Um, and then yes. and then he he even uh, goes on to you know I would I wouldn't say condemn. I would say uh, talk about second marriages and uh, yeah. you know talk about yeah. how. That is adulterous. Yeah, he. Uh, it's 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 just a very hard topic, and that's why I'm always hesitant to even to even dive into this issue. It's very complicated and hard, and and my heart just goes out to anybody who's who's been through something like that. It's very hard. Um, what I can say with certainty and no guilty conscience, and and not feeling like I've condemned anyone, is that divorce is not a good thing. So you young people yeah. who are listening to this show and looking to get married, I would make that a unquestionable value of your marriage and make sure your part is on the absolute same page and line and letter with you on that as far as we are not getting divorced there is no grounds for a divorce in this marriage along with several other things there is no grounds for infidelity there is no grounds for infidelity there is no grounds for abuse there is no grounds for neglect those things are off of the table divorce and those things are off of the table and so if those things are off of the table then every decision in your life should be made um, to prevent those things from even coming into your mind. And so that, that's something I can say without, I, without I guilty would say, conscience. I would say one thing. Um, yeah. Even even if I were to say and come out and condemn divorce, mm-hmm. uh, that does not mean that I'm condemning people who have had a divorce. Um, you know, it, it would be like right. I, I, condemn, I condemn pornography. Right. I condemn lust. I condemn, uh, you know, all these things. Yes, that that's the good. Scripture tells me is wrong. Yes, now that does not good. mean that I condemn that person. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you have gotten a divorce does not mean that you are, you know, past gone. Like you, you are yes. still um, right. loved and cherished. And uh, I think that we have to go back to a real. We have to all realize that when people who read out of this book and people who um, can, you know, t- confess that they are Christians, it's not that we are condemning the people for their actions. We are right. condemning the yes. actions and wanting the yes. people to come and be loved. Um, yes. it, it, you know, not once do I want somebody to feel like, well, Landon said that divorce is, 
you know, I commit adultery if I get married again and I got married yeah. again. You know, this yeah. is my second marriage. Right. I'm not yes. telling you that you're wrong because no, you're in a second absolutely. marriage. I'm telling you, look, yeah. this is not what God's intention was. Mm-hmm. And this is a bad thing. And we should all join together and say, no, we shouldn't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm I'm coming from I'm coming to this conversation from and again I'm trying to target this conversation towards young people who are getting married and, and pursuing that goal um and kind of talk about kind of what divorce is and for them mm-hmm. who who may not know. Um but guys, I think I I think I can land and see if you're with me on this. I think I can condemn um no fault divorce. I think that is a no. bad idea because no. what that is, guys, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to I'm going to share the screen here again um just so you have kind of a definition. I have it highlighted. It is uh, a no-fault divorce is a legal ground for marriage dissolution that allows couples to divorce without needing to prove wrongdo- wrongdoing on the part mm-hmm. of their spouse. So it's really yeah. a divorce of convenience. It's really yeah. like, this isn't working. That's the language they would use. This is hard. And so I, I think it would be easier for me and, and, and better in a selfish way for me to quit working on this with them and just uh, start over. And so that kind of thing I think is wrong because if you enter a marriage like that, that's not really a marriage at all. If you're saying I'm here, you know, in sickness and in health, maybe unless it's inconvenient that I'm just going to bail. That's not a marriage. That's not, that's yeah. just, that's what people do. Unfortunately, when they're dating, they just see if it works out kind of thing. And I think that uh, philosophy when it comes to relationships is what ends people with either a, a broken heart or B with, with, uh, a difficulty in bonding because they just move on to the next person. If you're the one who leaves, you're going to have a difficult time. Your, your ability to bond is going to be damaged. Your pair bonding is going to be damaged. And if you're the person who is left, you're going to be heartbroken. And so that's why I usually condemn the person who leaves because problems are solvable. And people who refuse, instead of putting in the hard work to solve those problems, bail, I usually have a very difficult time justifying that behavior. So I'd be curious to hear what you think about that, Landon. And then we'll get back to Courtney Ryan real quick for the last five minutes. I think that in order to fix this issue, um, you have to break it down to, you know, the family, the society, and then our laws. And, and, you know, you start with the family and I think that that we're doing a good job of that. Um, you know, when, for all of our listeners who are preparing to get married, um, we have to make sure that they understand and, and not from a place of uh, condemning people if they have issues, but from a place of uh, saying, listen, it's not going to be easy, um, but this is something that God has ordained you to do, and this is something that God has called you to do, and if that's yeah. the calling on your life, you can't just not work at it, and it's going right. to be tough. Um, and then we look at it societally. I mean, when I Googled no fault divorce states to check Mm -hmm. the map, the first two things were ads to file for divorce online. So, (laughs) right. It's like (laughs) when we, when we have these things in our society, it's like, we, we need to start calling this stuff out and be like, listen, this shouldn't be so easy. This shouldn't be so Mm -hmm. accessible. And that's what we're all about nowadays is just, I need easy access. I need it quick. I want it gone. And marriage isn't like that. You don't right. get to just jump in, get it done, and then leave. Um, Absolutely. And, and law-wise, I think we both agree that we can uh, you know, get rid of no-fault divorce. Yes. Okay. 
thank you, dude, for for kind of uh, just giving me your honest opinion on that. And again, just to just a personal note to Landon here: if you disagree with something I say, I mean, you call me on it on the show. I do not oh. mind. Uh, you say whatever you want, and and I'll do the same for you and and all of you listening as well. If you if you hear a perspective from Landon and I, we're trying to be extremely reasonable here. Like we're not being dogmatic. If you have a different perspective, reach out and let us know what your worldview is. Yeah. We this is totally this is me to trying yeah. to this is me trying to rationalize my thought process on same. divorce and. And I'll Same. be happy to hear from other people if they have another thought process. And, uh, you know, that, yeah. I think that that would be a good experiment and a good experience for me to uh, further develop my, um, you know, view on divorce. Hi, guys. This is just a quick reminder that you can use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message with a comment or a question. Absolutely. And and you young people who are listening who are either, you know, just married or looking to get married very soon, pursuing the goal of marriage. I mean, you're going to have to have a divorce worldview. So you you might are you just not going to reason it out? Are you not going to talk about it and, and stay safe in the safe zone and not offend anybody? Or are you going to actually talk about it and ask and hesitantly and, and, and humbly put these ideas forward to be critiqued and investigated by, you, you know, your peers and those wiser than you? Or are you just going to sit there and not do it, not step on any toes, not volunteer an idea and, and, and stay in the safe zone. And I think you're going to be way, way better off if you actually hash out these ideas instead of just keeping them in because you're afraid of either offending somebody or, or stepping on somebody's toes who's had a divorce or something like that. You've got to have a divorce worldview, especially if you're going into marriage. And so I just really quickly, let's hear what she says. She's going to go through some reasons here. Courtney Ryan's going to go through some reasons here about why divorces are happening in the country today. People need to be contributing. You cannot consistently take and never give. This will look different depending on the people involved, the roles that each person plays within their own relationship. Again, nuance here. It's not black and white. Differing financial situations. I mean, I could go on and on about how nuanced this is. But a relationship where there is a consistent imbalance in giving and taking is doomed to fail. And that's why a lot of marriages fail. People do not have the skills needed for a healthy relationship. I found a chart here of the top reasons for divorce. The source is the National Library of Medicine. Um, this is from a Forbes article. Number one is lack of commitment at 75%. Amen. Again, because people Gosh. don't understand the commitment that marriage is before they get into it. Infidelity or extramarital affairs, which men and women both participate in. There might be a statistic out there that Men cheat more than women. I don't totally know. I can look that up and let you guys know, but mm -hmm. men are not the only ones who cheat. Even if they cheat more, they are not the only ones who cheat. Too much conflict and arguing because so many people do not know how to handle conflict. They don't have the skills. I'm going to compare this to something very drastic, but I just want to paint a picture of what this is like. It is like going out and sailing for the first time on a rough sea with absolutely no idea how to sail. Not knowing a thing. Like, oh, I know what a sailboat is, but I don't know how to work the things. I don't even know what they're called, okay? That's proving a point here. It is like jumping into a rough ocean, not knowing how to swim, with no life jacket on. Um. Dude, that, that last, uh, I want to hear what you think about that, but that last thing she said made me want to look up something, uh, a quote that I wrote a long time ago, and I want to hear what you think about it. But go ahead and tell me what you think of, of those yeah, top I mean, reasons. You know, she's she's very uh, spot on with her description. It's not easy. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that as a society, we can make it a little easier by um, encouraging premarital counseling. Me and my wife did that before we got married. Um, I think that we can encourage, uh, you know, a real education on what marriage is um, and, and what it will entail and uh, actually having some sort of understanding by the time you're 16, 17 years old of what, mm-hmm. what a marriage is going to look like for you and your family. Um, yeah. Now, for I think that the number one reason being you know, lack of effort or whatever she said. It was in that same, uh, in that same vein. But I think that that just goes to show how much of a, uh, disconnect we have on what marriage really is. Um, you know, we, we aren't telling people like this is effort. This is going to be a job. Yeah. Having, having a marriage is a full-time job. As soon as you Mm -hmm. get home, you are to be a husband or be a wife like that. That is your duty. Yeah. You, you know, this isn't just yeah. a fun little game that we play every day. Like mm-hmm. when I come home from, you're not playing house like you were when you were a kid yeah. where, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you did that when you were a kid, you know, you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. You know, your wife, little house on the prairie and, all the way. Yeah. Right. So this isn't playing house at, at, you know, at your house when you were a kid, this is real. And you do this every day, every hour you sleep yeah. next to this person. You, you pay attention to this person throughout the day. You have to check in on them. You're responsible for them, whether you like it or yeah. not. Um, you are responsible for this person now. And, and I yes. think that that has to really be put across. And if it isn't, that's when we see this lack of effort issue being brought yeah. up in marriages. Yeah. Dude, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, the effort and also the knowledge. She mentioned a lack of both of those things being a reason for. I think she used the words lack of commitment is the number one reason. Which, mm-hmm. wow, that's I mean that that's all we talk about on this show is if your partner doesn't match your level of commitment, and if you don't match your partner's level of commitment, you don't need to be entering a relationship. You need no. to be staying friends because what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself in a position where one of you is backing out and either breaking the heart of another person or damaging your ability to pair bond. And, and so when I was when I was younger, I. Uh... I think I had a mix up of what commitment was and what the level Mm. of commitment people had for me was because of the different ways people show their commitment for you. Mm. So that's Mm -hmm. something else that, you know, um, you really have to educate yourself on and be vigilant about is how does this person show their commitment to me and how do I show my commitment to them? And, uh, you know, how, how can I, if you ever have issues, how is it that I can translate my commitment better to where they feel better about this Mm -hmm. relationship? Yeah. A lot of those, just to give you guys some practical examples of what, in my personal experience, a lack of commitment has looked like, um, and an unwillingness or a lack of desire to spend time with you. If your partner is having an unwillingness or a lack of desire to spend time with you, that's a red flag. If your partner is, I mean, and these are for me personally, what I have found to be red flags as far as what commitment goes. If your partner is unable to talk about the future of your relationship with any degree of certainty Mm -hmm. or is uncomfortable around the topic of, you know, where your relationship with them will be in a couple of years, that's a red flag as far as commitment goes. If your partner is unable to say with, you know, ease that they will not leave you um that is a red that is a red flag as far as the the level of commitment that they have for you and if you can easily say i'm not going to leave you and they're having a hard time saying that back to you i mean that's a really people usually don't lie about these things they will tell you they'll they'll be like i wouldn't leave you unless or i wouldn't leave you Mm -hmm. if or i would i'm really i'm not looking for anything that serious all those things are bold-faced advertisements to you about where they stand as far as how much one of, the things, uh, one of the things that I see is um, when you talked about lack of commitment and how yeah. people will, you know, put that across to you. Uh, 
you know, just because they aren't texting you back is not a lack of commitment. Um, right, right. I think that in order to, you actually have to have these conversations. And uh, that, what you said about not being able to talk about the future, um, mm-hmm. that should be your number one thing when you first enter into a relationship. So what do you mm. see yourself doing in the future? Yeah. Do you see yourself as a mother? Do you see yourself as a wife? Yes. Um, you know, yes. me and Maddie, it was our third time meeting, I think, when I asked her, like, okay, so if we were to get married, like, do you want kids? Do you, you know, what do you want? Yes. And it's not, people have changed that to be mm-hmm. such a weird um, question to ask. When not you a third date topic, somebody, yeah. Right, yeah. somebody, you know, like, when I tell people that, if they aren't in the same, you know, circle that we are, they're like, oh my gosh, you talked about it that soon? And I'm like, yeah, I talked about it that soon. I don't <laughs> Why are we here time. if not for yeah, that? Yeah. I'm not going to spend time <laughs> with somebody if they don't see themselves that way. Um, yeah. There was something that the lady said in the very beginning um, about divorce. I'm going to have to think on this and then I'll come back to you. But yeah. Uh, oh, it's fine. You you think about that and I'll I'll do, I'll cover the second thing she said. She talked about a lack of knowledge, a lack of uh, they just basically entered marriage without a lack of uh, of an under with a lack of understanding on how to actually go about those waters and she used the example of uh, sailing on the water with no, you know, sailing experience, no nautical savvy. And I I had used that exact comparison. So let me just read you that exact comparison here um between marriage and and you know, sailing. It says there are those shipwrecked souls who, after setting sail with leaky vessel, poor direction, little savvy, and no guidance, shout back to the docks that men are not meant to sail on the water. And what I was trying to say with that is there are people who, after they have encountered, after their marriage has failed, will say that marriage, they will condemn marriage as an institution. They will say marriage is not a good thing. You should not enter uh, a covenant of marriage. Marriage is a bad idea. You should cohabitate. You should jack up with somebody. You should permanently date them. There should be no commitment. They will say that because of their experience with marriage. And it's really, I would argue, an arrogant approach. Instead of assuming that the problem lies in your approach to marriage, you assume that a age-old way of men and women relating to one another is flawed. And so that, that's something that I would just encourage you guys as young believers. If you have older people in your life who have had a failed marriage and they're counseling you not to get married, you do not need to take advice from somebody who is shipwrecked. And I am not disrespecting that person in any, in any way. What I'm saying is there are plenty of couples out there with healthy, successful marriages who will tell you that marriage is a absolutely worth it absolutely worth a goal worth pursuing and so it's it just it's your choice on what voice you listen to and so i would say are you going to listen to the voice of somebody if you're looking to get married are you going to listen to the voice of somebody with a successful marriage or a failed marriage and so ask yourself that question and and you know act accordingly but um lane and i kind of want to wrap things up here but let's close with what you which, with what you found if you've got that for us yeah so uh I'm, I'm looking back through the transcript of this video and she talks about uh women being sick of being uh sick and tired of being mistreated not being yeah. appreciated, being taken yeah. advantage of, and at the end of the day, feeling controlled in some way, shape, or form. Yes. And I think that that um, comment there, the the last bit, controlled in some way, shape, or form. Um, in this society, we have uh, we have changed what it means to be controlled by your spouse. Mm. Um, when me and Maddie first started dating, there was something that I did that. A lot of women probably would have, um, you know, saw as a red flag. And it was that I looked through her Instagram before we started becoming serious to mm-hmm. check and see what kind of photos she posted of herself. Yeah. Um, not because I have an issue with 
women posting photos. I don't care if if you do that, but yeah. you're not going to, you know, the person that I wanted to marry in my yes. own personal, yeah. um, you know, my own personal mm-hmm. options, whenever I was looking for people, my preferences was a woman who didn't do those things. Um, a woman who wore, you know, was a little bit more modest on social media. Um, and that was my own preference. Um, yeah. and, and I never once told her you cannot post these things. I just looked at them right. before yeah. and said, look, you don't do this. And that makes me very happy when you don't do that. Yeah. And I think that that would be seen as controlling by a lot of people. Um, yeah. but we have yeah. to realize that control and pleasing your spouse is two completely different things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I said to her right now, I'm like, Hey, I really like when you wear this shirt. I think you look really good in this shirt. And then she wears it. Am I controlling her to wear certain clothing or is right. she pleasing me? And it all comes from a, uh, attitude of servant, you know, being a servant to your spouse. Yeah. And if both people are serving the, each other, that's when you see a blossoming mm. of a marriage. Yes, dude, that was, that's a good, thank you for sharing that personal story. And I, I would just, I would just like to comfort you in the fact that, I mean, I, I, I don't imagine if somebody thinks that it's not right for you to investigate the, the way your spouse presents themselves to the world before you marry them, I, I'd say they're off base there. So you're 100% uh, reasonable in doing that. Um, I mean, that, that's what you're doing, uh, you know, all throughout meeting them and hanging out with them as friends you're seeing how they present themselves to the world you're seeing what their values are you're seeing how they would be a potential match for you in all these different ways and so that's absolutely fine that you did that no guilt or condemnation there but thank you guys for so much for listening today if you have an alternate perspective on anything we've discussed today i know we've we've hit it pretty heavy with a lot of the divorce stuff so uh, reach out and let us know if you have an alternate perspective again I, I i hope we've given enough caveats to not Uh, step on too many toes but i do think it's important for us young believers to work out our opinion on divorce and our worldview on divorce if we want to you know avoid that in our marriage and so i I really do think this episode has been important for you young people looking to get married soon landon and i have put a lot of work into it a lot of thought a lot of time into it so i hope you've gleaned from our words anything that you possibly can eat the grapes spit out the seeds so to speak if you don't like something we said just get rid of it ignore it uh we're not offended at all Uh, but reach out and listen what you thought of it give us your experience with divorce Uh, we'd love to hear those things makes us feel super connected to you as audience members and it makes the podcasting system two way you can also follow us on instagram and facebook if you're interested in the content that the show posts as well as check out courtney ryan on youtube as well she's a wonderful uh, speaker for young men who are looking to better themselves as a potential spouse so thank you guys so much for listening today and we will talk to you all next time